Welcome to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton. And on this week's midweek mini episode, I'm going to do a little bit of Q&A from a few questions that people have sent in over the last little while. Uh, so we're going to just dive into a few things. We've got some dating relationships. We've got some human psychology. We've got a little bit of everything on this episode. So let's dive straight in. Uh, the first question is an interesting one. Uh, extreme sports. So, so this individual uh, is asking about why people like to do extreme sports. Why do some people, and this is the question, why do some people have the desire to do more extreme shit, skydive, uh, island survival, travel in extreme ways? What's this all about? Uh, so this can be a number of things. Uh, I think Alan Watts would have said that there are very far out people and far in people in the world, and we find ourselves in different ways. So for some people, they are going to want to try and find themselves by doing deep inner work. They're going to want to try and find themselves by sitting extensively, meditating, breaking apart their psyche, understanding their shadow, understanding their, you know, their, their childhood, their internal family systems. They're going to want to go deep into the understanding of what has built them, their chronology, their timeline, their Enneagram numbers, their, you know, <laughs> fill in the blank, right? They're going to want to do introspection in some ways. And for other people, how they are going to come to know who they are is by searching for themselves outside of themselves, creating experiences in the world that maybe put them face-to-face -face with death or put them face-to-face -face with extreme situations that show them and teach them who they are in those moments. Uh, so rather than a sort of reflective way. It's a different kind, sort of like an experiential way. And some of us have, you know, many different versions of both of these things, right? I, for example, really love both. I probably lean more towards the far end because I really like to unpack who I am, but I still really like having travel-based experiences. I'm not so much on the extreme sports side. Uh, so all, all of us will have a little bit of both, but yeah, for some people, they're just going to want to go out into the world and try and find themselves there. Uh, but in other cases, in more extreme cases, for some people, it is and can be a kind of trauma bond. It can be a kind of wounding. So they have a, a sort of thick pain within them that they don't know how to deal with. And so they seek out these experiences that will briefly alleviate them or help them avoid the remembrance of this emptiness, of this aloneness, of this uh, feeling like they don't belong this. And so for some people, extreme sports and extreme experiences are a way for them to actually deal with or cope with pain. I think if you look at somebody uh, like David Goggins, David Goggins is, is, a, is a perfect example. This is a man that has done absolutely incredible things, right? He has uh, you know, done uh, SEALs buds training a couple times before he got in to be a Navy SEAL. Um, and one of those attempts, I think he actually did it three times. The third time is when he, when he got in. One of those attempts, he had a broken shin and was still going, right? He's still doing Hell Week, which is, I mean, legitimately one of the craziest things that you could do. I, the other time he was trying to do it with double pneumonia, right? So this is these are individuals that are extreme in nature. And when you start to hear a little bit more, I mean, David Goggins did some other, I mean, he has Guinness Book World Record for amount of chin-ups. Uh, it was something like 4,200, 4, I think, 4,224 4, hours, I believe. 
So he's done these extreme things, right? Run ultra marathons through the desert. He's, I mean, he's just done some really, really wild things. But then when you hear about his origin story, his childhood, you hear a man who was deeply abused, right? Physically, emotionally, psychologically. You hear somebody that hated themselves, really, truly loathed themselves in their early 20s, loathed their bodies, loathed what they were doing with their lives, felt lost, really hated themselves. And you start to understand that out of that amount of pain, out of that amount of self-hatred, comes sometimes an urge and a desire to prove that pain wrong, to do something with that pain, to have that pain morph or alchemize into something that transcends it. And so for some people, their survival mechanisms and their thriving mechanisms are built out of their pain. So they look for these extreme ways to alchemize some of the pain, some of the misunderstandings, some of the loneliness or abuse that they may have experienced. And it goes into these extreme sports. So that's a little bit about uh, why that shows up. Hopefully that you know provided some clarity for you about potentially uh, people in your life that you know that are that are the extreme sports enthusiasts. They might be looking to better understand themselves or they might be looking to better understand their pain just inadvertently. No, and by the way, that second part, nobody's out there doing that consciously generally. <laughs> They're not like, let me turn this pain into a purpose. Uh, that's not generally how that goes. It is a, an unconscious manifestation where we get to the point where we are supremely tired of dealing with that, as Eckhart Tolle would say, the, the pain body. And some of, some of our pain body can spill over into our lives and then alchemize into a deeper purpose. Uh, okay, how to move on from a relationship. This is something completely different. How to move on from a relationship that had deep love but didn't meet my needs. <sighs> well, how you move on is by realizing and understanding that first and foremost, that relationship wasn't fully serving you, right? Uh, the idea that love should be enough is false. Love is only enough in a sort of existential, spiritual way. And when we take it out of that realm and we put it into the realm of desire, right, lust, <laughs> love takes on a different form, right? It gets attached to attachments. It gets attached to our anxieties. It gets attached to our desires, our wants, our needs, our values, all of these different parts. So we just have to realize that sometimes, especially in relationships, love is actually not enough. We need communication. We need uh, healthy boundaries. We need intimacy in whatever form it is that you need it. And so to, to move on from that relationship is to acknowledge truly all the things that actually weren't workable in that relationship and the needs that weren't actually being met and to honor those needs so that in your pursuit of that relationship that is going to meet your needs, you have done the work to realize and maybe grieve the fact that you put yourself in a relationship for maybe an extended period of time, I'm guessing, uh, because I see people do this a lot, where there is love and there is familiarity and there's closeness, but their needs aren't being met. And they feel selfish for that, right? We, we, we get told uh, and indoctrinated into this idea that somehow really great relationships come with the sacrifice of our own needs. And I just want all of you listening to this episode to really tune into whether that's true for you or not. Did you get told somewhere along the line that great love comes with the sacrifice of your own needs being met? 
um, because many people have bought into that, whether it's a, a religious ideology that they've, um, you know, maybe grew up under um, or adopted along the way, or it's what they saw within their parents and their parents' relationship or their caretaker's relationship. But how you move on is starting to honor those needs. And you start to honor those needs within yourself, within your everyday life. So look at it actually in your life where you are meeting those needs, where you are not meeting those needs, where you're avoiding those needs, right? What does self-care look like? What does discipline look like? How are you pursuing your purpose in life? How are you molding and sculpting your mind, your body, your heart, your soul? How are you actually tending to your own needs? Because I would imagine that most of us put ourselves in those situations where we stay in these relationships for longer than necessary um, because we actually aren't honoring our own needs. So how you move on is you start to honor those needs and you grieve that past relationship. All right, last, last question, uh, simply because I think this is a, 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 <laughs> a good one to, to dive into. When do you walk away when your partner is ambivalent about the relationship? When you walk away and the partner is ambivalent when in the relationship? And I think it's in that moment. I think when your partner and you have had the conversations about what might not be functioning in the relationship or what might be missing in the relationship. And that partner knows exactly what needs to be done. They can identify it. They can talk about it. Um, but they're really not wanting to maybe do the change. They're not wanting to do the hard work to, to actually take different steps or right? to choose the different path. And they keep returning back to the old one because it's what's known ignorance is not bliss for the people that are experiencing the ignorant people, right? I think <laughs> that's very present in our world today. There's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of ignorance to pain. There's a lot of ignorance to suffering. Um, there's a lot of ignorance in relationships. And there is a, there is a price that the other person pays for, uh, that, that, that a partner pays when they are in relationship with somebody who has chosen ignorance or has chosen ambivalence to the things that are happening in the relationship and see them sometimes, but choose not to do anything about them. And we can only leave ourselves in that position for so long before we move into a space of it being a choice that is causing us self-harm, right? Where we are actively starting to say to ourselves, why the hell am I still here? Like, And we start to turn the shame, right? The shame starts to attack us. And we start to say, oh, you deserve this, right? You're a real piece of crap or whatever the case may be. Whenever it moves into a space of self-harm, that's definitely a time to leave the relationship. And whenever you can see and the partner can identify that they're simply not wanting to do the work in order to make it work uh, within that part of the relationship, whether it's communication, boundaries, healing, sex, repairing from infidelity, um, exploring something financially, whatever the case may be. Um, but when our partner acknowledges that it's it's an immovable rock in that space, then it, that's a, definitely a time to walk away. Uh, all right, there are many more questions that I would love to dive into, but I think I will do that in part two. Um, I'm gonna be putting a post up uh, in the next couple of days over the weekend uh, for you to ask your questions for these segments because I am really enjoying some of your questions. There's some phenomenal, phenomenal questions. So I hope you have a great week. Don't forget to share this episode, Man It Forward, with just one person in your life. Uh, that might need to hear one of these answers in these questions. So till next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.